It just so happened that this open source project that I was contributing to was about to grow into something much bigger. We started this project to be multi-tenant, to be hosted in the cloud, to be run anywhere. And that focus and that control has allowed us to deliver excellent developer experiences, allows us to focus really on what our community is telling us that they need from the product. And we have tons of happy users that hop into our community every day. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. Today, we've got a special guest. And I will ask you to introduce yourself. Tell us why you're here. Glad to. My name is Brandon Luckenby. I am a full stack engineer at AppRite. AppRite is trying to make app development easier because the simple fact is that app development is hard and it continually gets harder. Every stage from engineering and design to data structures and deployment and proxying and balancing, there's so much that goes into running a modern application that it is worth our time to try to make it easier. AppRate is trying to do that to accelerate app development by providing a backend as a service with our focus on developer experience. We started this project to be multi-tenant, to be hosted in the cloud, to be run anywhere. And that focus and that control has allowed us to deliver Excellent developer experiences allows us to focus really on what our community is telling us that they need from the product. And we have tons of happy users that hop into our community every day. That's awesome. And speaking of community, you mentioned before we hit record that you were like the first hired engineer working on the open source project. Can you talk about like that experience, but also even just the open source angle of this? Yeah. I got this job entirely because of open source, because I did not come into the AppRite community looking to find a job. I found AppRite because I couldn't be bothered to write another authorization service. I was working on apps, and I just, I couldn't be bothered. I joined the community. I started digging through the documentation and digging through the source code, as I was excited to do, and realized how easy some of this was to hop in and implement and not have to worry about it. Importantly, I I started engaging with the community in Discord and on GitHub, responding to feature requests and issues, commenting in in anything that I could find where AppRite was looking for feedback for the community to participate in, the process of adding new features via RFCs. My contribution was just thinking, was just stepping into the project and, and doing more than the code. The code comes. And those contributions were always a gift, but I was able to enter the community to help. I had a story where I was still quite new to the Flutter and Dart space, but thankfully it's a quite a readable language. And there was an issue that a community member was facing. I was able to hop into DMs with this person, help them with their issue, and read through source code that I had never read before because the product was so simple to understand. Enough of that happens. Yeah, I got in my first pull request, which wasn't anything complicated. I think I was obfuscating some secure keys in the console, so nothing too too difficult. But that's what really kickstarted all the conversation. 
that it just so happened that this open source project that I was contributing to was about to grow into something much bigger. And I had found it at a great time, but all because I was contributing to an open source community, not looking for work. Yeah, that's that's wild too as well. And like people listen, they know I have a project that encourages people to do open source and get involved in community. And for the most part, it's like folks getting involved in my community. It's like I have a couple of side projects I'll mention later, but I love that that you were able to find employment, like your your next job through a contribution. And it might have been maybe it was like an underwhelming contribution uh, on your behalf that was like, oh, I'm just trying to obfuscate these keys. But perhaps that was something that was impactful enough for somebody else down the road. It's like by default, this happens now. I mean, there's a good signal that it was enough value that now you have a you have a role at, at the company as well, which uh, I wanted to get into like this company angle too as well. Cause like I've new of AppRite, I keep seeing it random places, like people there's some twinning about it. I think it solves a niche that I I need actually, because I, I tend to do a lot of Jamstack apps. I do a lot of focus on the front end and prototype ideas, but I don't usually think about, okay, like I spent a couple days on login a couple weeks ago and I ended up using a service because I was like, you know, I've done I've done what you've done. I've built authentication as well, at least once. I didn't do it much more after that. Because I always opt in for either a service or a library or a plugin or a tool that can manage the sort of passing of tokens, maybe using cookies and, and whatnot. It's like the same patterns over and over again. But I don't want to build that again. Like it's a great interview question, but it's not a great thing to maintain when something happens. Yeah. I think the same thing for images as well. Yeah. Images yeah. are something that can get very complicated to deal with, that it would be very convenient if you had an, an API to deal with that. There are services for that. Cloud and Area is the first one that comes to mind that, that dedicate themselves specifically to images. They all exist, but they're all over the place. You, you have different focuses, and one thing developers like is to have one dependency, have one piece of technology that they add into their stack. They don't want to add five, 10 for all of their needs. While that works, that works, that allows developers to run fast, doesn't necessarily allow them to lean into their pre-existing knowledge. When you're stepping into a new API, you have to learn the the idiosyncrasies, you have to learn the, the patterns, you have to learn the structure, how they have structured their code so that you can consume it on your side. You're not actually spending time applying the knowledge that you know, you are learning. You are reading documentation and you are putting pieces together. That's not really conducive to the creative process or the development process. If you're stopping to figure out how, you're not you're not innovating, you're not developing. So the core problem is if you can isolate those those core needs, those core APIs down to the most fundamental and most importantly, most repeated. If you can isolate those down to a nice little list, that's what that's what I believe developers are looking for, and that's what Operate is definitely trying to deliver. All the little pieces that you need in in one place. So is, does Operate have a specific answer to authentication that you're using? Are we using opting into other third party tools or libraries, and then it's creating a Borg? Uh, no, this is this is all run run on our own thing. With uh, with the data structures in the in the AppRite database, everything stays put. Got it. That that you're looking for. So then AppRite also as a backend as a service. So like we're also opting in on AppRite's solution for backend databases. Uh, I'm curious mm-hmm. what technology is underlying there. Uh, it's funny that you bring that up because that's where I've been spending most of my engineering time in the last couple months. 
AppRate is built on top of um, MariaDB at the moment, really just any relational database. And the database API that we offer, though, is a little bit different. We offer a document-based API because they're intuitive to use. Love or hate Mongo, however you feel about it, it's really easy to use to just put data in when you need to save it. Yeah. That model is becoming more and more popular, and so AppRite presents a document-based API for the database service, but it doesn't have to be a document database under the hood. At the moment, we run on um, MariaDB and MySQL, but we've just finished a, a new version to add support for multiple databases. We're still figuring that out on the product side, but on the, the database layer, we can support both relational and non-relational databases with the goal that with this plug-and-play architecture, you get to pick just the pieces that you need, just the yeah. pieces that you're comfortable with, and, and from a systems perspective, just the pieces that you're familiar troubleshooting. Yeah. is sometimes worth its weight in gold. You might have an engineering team that knows how to troubleshoot Postgres, but drop them into a MongoDB world and they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, It's about finding the right fit for your specific problem. Yeah, I am the inverse. Like I definitely can do the whole document model and debug myself that way. I have tons of experience in Postgres. It's just the experience is like five years old, which, fun part about Postgres, it's still relevant. So I just started a new Postgres database for my new project, side project, and getting in there and like debugging migrations and trying to do patch updates within my migrations. It was all like getting on a bicycle, but it did take some time for me to like remember how to ride myself into a Postgres situation. But I like that there's like a bit of a plug and play architecture and like decisions that can be made with that. So backend as a service, folks like. Blitz.js, which now is there, they're about to launch like a whole other project on top of that. Gatsby now has their deployed solution. These are all like front-end architectures and focuses. The backend as a service model I know existed, and I know there's other people who do it. It's not a place I spend a lot of time in. Because I, I do reach for the, the bongos or the off-zeros to solve the problem I need at that time. But I never even thought of like, can someone give me a full solution out of the box? I'm curious. What are we looking at as far as adoption? Are you seeing folks engaging and, and leveraging this for the new projects? Oh, massively. We have seen tons of community members and developers dive into AppRate and realize the, the joy of, of building apps when you don't have to worry about stuff, really. Worrying about sharing resources across teams, worrying about how to store files in a file system and handling permissions. What if you want those files to be downloaded? At every point, even if we pick any individual service, it gets really complicated. If we talk just about databases, since I'm, I've been working with them recently, the whole concept of database indexing, right? The whole concept of databases in general is we're fighting physics. There is a single point that we can't move faster than, and that's how fast disks operate. How can we pull, pull data in and out of disks? That's the fundamental problem that we're trying to solve here. Everything that we do, all the tools that databases offers, views, indexes, stored procedure, all, all that, that sort of thing, they're all really making trade-offs. Trade-offs that you don't see, but trade-offs nonetheless. Indexes fundamentally trade write performance for read performance, but even indexes get very complicated. How indexes are shared, how some databases allow you to hint at which index you'd like the, the database engine to actually execute on. Every piece gets gets complicated. 
the further you go down in. So I think there's just a huge need in taking all of those pieces and simplifying them, simplifying yeah. them to the point where you can understand how to work with it in in every language, in every architecture, in ev with every date, anything that you want. If we can distill the hard problems that, that developers have building real apps, simplify them as far as we can, and build a suite of services around that, that's really the sweet spot because that's what people will actually use. Yeah, and talking about simplifying, I'm, I'm curious of like, what is... If I were to approach using this today for a project, like what is my interaction with AppRite? Am I signing up on AppRite.com or IO? Actually, I don't even remember what the website is. IO. Am I getting like a URL I could point to a front end? Like what's the what is like step zero for folks in getting started with this? Well, step zero since its inception has been self-hosting. That's one of the most important parts that we've offered through the entirety of AppRite's history. Every part of AppRite can be self-hosted and deployed. It's distributed as a set of Docker containers. That's the, that's the underlying tech assumption that we make to allow it to be portable everywhere. It, so we deploy it as a set of Docker containers, and you stand that up wherever you need it. You can deploy it on your own VPS, manage your own resources, but we do very importantly have our own cloud solution on the way. Very similar to how you'd interact with a Firebase, you would sign up at AppRite.io, you would create your project there, and everything would just be ready for you. We have the full transparency in offering the source code if you want it, if you need it, if data location and all of that stuff is, is critical to your application, you can. We're never going to stop you. But if you would like to get started faster, you don't want to deploy it on your own machine, or you just want to pay somebody to handle it for you, that's where, that's where we step in. I, I'm a big fan of paying other people to handle all that complicated stuff for me because I'm not a, I don't fancy myself as a back end programmer anymore. Like I, I, I'm a full stack dev, but I've so far removed from all that orchestration, even Docker stuff, that now I'm just like, I know enough to be dangerous or like go sit as an IC on a team, but I'm probably not going to be the person you call to set up something from zero. I have people I'm going to call and people I can beg for, for help to be like, hey, you know what? I don't know how to ship this stuff. Get me unstuck and I'll, I'll get you a pizza or, or a beer or something. That's why it's it's critical to make sure that that deployment process is, is easy, right? The AppRite deployment script, as it stands, is a one-liner Docker run. Nice. That you copy from the from the main website. You run it on your VPS and pick your ports, and you're done. Really. Yeah. We've tried to make that part as as smooth as possible because you're right. Not many people are going to go through the process of setting it up themselves. I'm a weird one. I'm the guy who has multiple Raspberry Pis in a in a server cluster at home, and I run AppRite myself, and I run all of my own local services. That's me, but that's not everybody. Yeah. So it's important to have both. I, I'm I'm a big fan of that, especially if I can copy and paste a command, and if I decide to self-host it somewhere else, I can just drop that in the other place and hope for the best. Yeah. That's kind of how like because like my day job doesn't really require me to do a lot of day-to-day -day maintenance, I tend to spin up a lot of side projects, like some quick ideas, the proof of concepts, and, and then I go try to sell it to another team to say, hey, take this off my hands if you want to run with it. If not, let's just let it hit the ground. My role in DevRel, that's kind of where I sort of advocate for. So I appreciate folks like AppRite, uh, open source project like AppRite too, which is like another thing that I wanted to touch on. Is there a community around AppRite and within the open source ecosystem? Do you all have a Discord? Like, How, did, how do other folks get involved? Oh, absolutely. 
We have great growing Discord community, as well as in other places. We publish on dev.to quite frequently for all of our content. Nice. And our GitHub community is growing as well. I think we just crossed 16,000 GitHub stars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of folks who are engaged and like looking to see what's next with AppRite. And you mentioned in passing the Flutter and Dart aspect. Was this Flutter and Dart specific at first, or is this language agnostic? AppRite is inherently language agnostic, but it just so happens to pair really well with Flutter, as we found. Got it. A lot of our community growth has been in the Flutter community. Just how fast you can build things. That's the whole mantra. In Flutter, it's just this the speed in which you can put things together, quality services, quality applications together. I have built one Flutter app thus far. It was actually one of those hybrid mobile apps as well. I'm a fan. I wish I had more time to dig into it. I definitely will check it out now that I know AppRite works well with it. And with that, I did want to transition us to Pick, so I appreciate you sharing about AppRite. I hope folks, everybody go start the repo, go sign up when they have login. If you're listening to this and they have the cloud version, sign up today, but also try out the self-hosting. I imagine there's probably some guides or, or docs to, for folks to get started in like some Hello Worlds as well. Absolutely. We have a landing page, AppRite.io slash cloud. If you are interested in, in getting the latest news on our cloud offering, that's the place to be to, to sign up for any updates or just find us on Discord. Cool. All right. So I mentioned a couple of times picks. So these are jam picks, things that, that we are jamming on. So this could be music, food, coding related. There's no limit. Usually one or two is good. If you don't mind, I'm going to mention, because I alluded to this a few times, which is my pick, yeah. which is hot open sauce.pizza. So I actually haven't I haven't talked about this. Well, I've mentioned this in passing in previous episodes, but I finally shipped something where I prototype as an API. I just wanted to find a way to find open source projects that are up and coming that I could try to contribute to in the future or just like build something with. So I created this API where based on the folks who sign up to open source, we check to see what stuff people are submitting there. And then based on that knowledge base, we then recommend these open source users are having fun with these projects. Here's a project for you to, to check out. So that's kind of how the API works. It's built on top of this, this project that we've had, actually had on the podcast previously called Superbase. Mm-hmm. I basically just added all the data to Superbase, the Postgres database, which is now my new. I'm back in the Postgres again. I'm back, everybody. It's, it's been, it was a lot of fun. Like I, I prototyped a quick UI in Next.js, which is like all the buzziest words you could probably do. This is the app. <laughs> and then Astro. I also leverage Astro a bit for this as well. Yeah, shipped it from the week before Christmas. So it was like a Friday before Christmas. The day before, I, got, I was doing a stream, built out the UI, and then tweeted if anybody wanted to, to work on this. Like I could use help getting like the UI components up and running. By the time I landed, I had a PR. Or shortly before I even took off, I had a PR of the UI that I merged. And then I had a bunch of other folks who came and contributed like some small touch-ups. And then we sort of like, really just focused on usability. And from the Friday before Christmas to the Wednesday before New Year's Eve, I had a fully functional working UI that built on top of the API that you could find new open source projects and upvote them. And that's that's the gimmick, because you can also upvote. We will have user submissions for repos probably by the time this podcast comes out. So just think of like product hunt for open source projects. That's that's where I'm kind of working towards. I was talking to you earlier before we actually got on the hit record that I haven't built a project from zero to usable in a very long time. 
because I've been so much focused on like the day job. Yeah. I actually impressed myself on how quickly I could do it. And like I imagined things like AppRite, which it is all, it's actually pretty serendipitous to have this conversation because now I have confidence that I could just like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna try Flutter for this project. Here's the constraints. Only ship these features. Can I do it in like a weekend? And if I did a hack, I, I'm not a big fan of hackathons because there's so much anxiety and pressure. But honestly, I'd probably do an app right. <laughs> I'd use app right or something else to get a leg up to actually get it to work. That's awesome. I want to highlight one app right thing on there. Is that is that you're talking about doing coding in different languages? App right supports a variety of different SDKs that we build from the same API spec, that we build from the same code base. So we guarantee that our APIs are consistent and, and familiar, even when you cross programming languages. You'll have a similar AppRite dev experiences if you need a serverless function in Python, for instance, or you're building your front end in Flutter, or you switch to web. If so, AppRite is very much there for you, especially if you're doing projects in other places. Honestly, I think I might, might check it out. And if y'all do a hackathon, Definitely tweet that out. Will do. Let us all know when that happens. I guess I should talk about my pick, huh? Yeah, go for it. So before I came to find technology and love technology, I worked in a bunch of different careers. One of those careers is I was a touring jazz musician. I got fed up with a previous career and decided to sink all of my money in playing music. (laughs) I played and I had an an amazing life-changing time touring and playing some jazz. Uh, But then I obviously ran out of money. One of the things that I've been doing recently is I've been retouching with some of the old jazz that I used to play when I was playing in restaurants and bars, and I'm trying to find the good jazz that isn't the I'm confused jazz. That's what I'm on the hunt for right now. That's what I've been jamming to. Jazz that's like that makes you feel things that isn't confusion, <laughs> as weird as that sounds. I'm a musician myself. I don't play jazz, mainly because the amount of effort and technique that goes into it. But yeah, I, I respect and love listening to jazz. So you have any, um, any sort of players or folks you'd recommend? I'm a trumpet player, so I, I very much like Miles Davis and Chet Baker and the like. But I think, that, I think that it's really enjoyable to go back to jazz's roots, or at least jazz is what we know it, going back to blues, going back to Dixieland, different styles where, where, this, where this came from. Jazz music has an incredibly rich history that's worth exploring. And yeah, I'd, I'd encourage anybody to, to look at some old jazz, see how we got here, and, and hopefully you like what you find. Cool. Honestly, I might actually be listening to some jazz later today because you just, uh, you've inspired me to switch up the playlist uh, while working. Wonderful. I'm glad. Cool. Well, folks, if you've been inspired either from the talk about music or just getting started with AppRite, definitely check it out. I appreciate Brandon coming on and sharing with us. Thank you so very much for having me. Keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 